Welcome to Glow Eco with Kat, the show for women who want to be more sustainable but don't know where to start. I'm your host, Kat. I am an environmental activist and the founder of Glotanicals, a sustainable skincare brand that's both good for your body and the planet. And if you want to live a more environmentally conscious lifestyle without giving up your lifestyle and the things that you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome to the Glow Eco Podcast. Uh, we have Joe with Jill Turnbull Beauty today, and we're going to be talking about um, sustainability, sustainability uh, in beauty, um, and her eco journey, and uh, some low waste tips as well. So, welcome, Jill. Um, we're so excited to have you yeah, here. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I appreciate you inviting me um, on to share my experience in in the beauty space. Yeah, yeah. Our chats are always so fun. So I'm excited to to record this awesome. one. So to get us started, let's uh let's begin with your background story and kind of where where your love of nature started and also how that kind of morphed into a career in the hair industry um, and starting your own beauty brand. Mm, interesting. So for me, I'm, um, I'm one of, I'm from a big tribe. I'm one of seven. So there were two boys and then myself, you know, I'm the eldest of five girls and, um, I was born in England and my parents immigrated from England to Australia when I was two and they immigrated with four children under the age of five, which was pretty crazy back in, you know, 62. Um, and I feel, you know, my parents were true adventurers in the sense you are, if you ask my mother, she would tell you a different story. She would say she was trying to get away from her mother-in-law, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, but I really embraced their sense of adventure. I mean, who travels 12,000 miles with four kids under the age of five? That's pretty crazy, you know? So they landed in Australia. My dad was a builder um, and he, you know, scored a really good job. And we lived in Melbourne, which is down the bottom, the very, you know, bottom of Australia. And then um, when I was, and it was beautiful. It was, Melbourne is called the Garden City. It's got a lot of, it's very green and you can have four seasons in one day. It's beautiful. And we actually lived at the bottom of the Dandenong Ranges. And the Dandenong Ranges is part of the Great Dividing Range, which is this whole mountain range that goes up the east coast of Australia. And everything from the range to the coast is irrigated. Everything from the range inland is not irrigated. It's really interesting. Uh, and we lived there and I loved the mountains. It really was very, um, it was, it was beautiful. And I really got to learn a lot about the critters and all that good stuff. So then when we were, I was a teenager, my dad's got this really good job and we were going to go move up to Queensland. So there were seven of us. So my parents being the adventurers, they bought an old school bus, gutted it, decked it out, we sold our house and we all traveled up the east coast of Australia. And it took a little while. You know, it wasn't a quick trip. And there were some few, few adventures with the old bus. Um, but that's where I think my, my journey in the Dandenong started my love and passion for nature. The traveling up the east coast of Australia really opened my eyes to how beautiful the landscape and the diverse textures of Australia's natural earth you know it really you can go from Victoria which is you know then you go through New South New South Wales and it changes dramatically again and then you know because 
New South Wales is where the abundance of the Dandenong, you know, the great dividing ranges apart from the Dandenongs. Then you get up to Queensland, which is tropical. And again, the landscape changes again. You have the Great Barrier Reef. You have these beautiful beaches, amazing rainforests. So that's where my appreciation for nature and biomimicry really started to evolve. And I was a teenager. I really didn't understand how it would impact my life, but that was the beginning for me, you know? Yeah. And, you know, if if anyone ever has the chance to do, like, that, that trip up the east coast of Australia, just Imagine. do it. Exactly. It's amazing. Exactly. And not only the landscape, all the critters and, and the lifestyle that you see, it's pretty amazing how it all lives together harmoniously. Yeah. 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 It, it's a very magical place. And, um, my eco journey kind of started there too. Um, I grew up, you know, in the, the United States, but being in Australia kind of opened up a different point of view, uh, in nature for me. So it's, it's a very powerful mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend. Yeah, it's um, so you made your way up to Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there you started, um, you know, you were a teenager and how did you get involved in the beauty industry? Well, that was actually another thank you to my mom. Uh, you know, it was the 70s and my mom would go to the beauty shop every week to get her due. Um, and at that time, if you remember, it was the big teased head hairstyles. And so she would go once a week to get her hair done. Um, and I just was really attracted. I was at the end of school. I did leave high school at 15. I shouldn't have. But Again, I'm grateful that I did. I did start off as a uh, tea, they call it a tea and tidy. I would go in and make cups of tea and tidy up on Saturdays. And I just, one of my first jobs was to clean the lacquer bottles. So back in the 70s to support that big hair and to get it to last all week, the hair salons used lacquer. So you imagine hairspray and multiply it by 100. That's how thick the lacquer was. It was pretty intense. And my job as the tea and tidy was not only to make tea, was to, with a toothbrush, clean all the lacquer off the utensils that the stylist used. And that's where, for me, I started my chemistry journey and asking, well, how can we do this more efficiently? Why does it gum up like this? All those, you know, little triggers to trying to make the work a little more efficient you know? And then Mm -hmm. um, I was, I really enjoyed what I was doing and I got an apprenticeship in Australia. We did a four-year apprenticeship at the time. And again, my, my continuation of asking how and why continued through learning hair color, the chemistry and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that morphed into um, a very long career in, in hairdressing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you did uh, editorials, you know, everything in a really long career and then at what point did you decide to move from your um, traditional career to noticing an issue in the industry and starting your own sustainable brand? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big, powerful question. Um, so I have been blessed with a really diverse 47-year career in the hairdressing industry. And because I did a four-year apprenticeship, it really stood me in a really solid way to have a strong, diverse career. So I've been blessed to teach chemistry and composition of hair color, to do editorial, to be able to work globally uh, for many hair care brands. So I've worked in many areas 
on the corporate side as well as, you know, the fashion side doing production. And it actually came about through a photo shoot. I was booked to do a photo shoot with Vogue Italia and the shoot was where Prince William was interviewing David Attenborough for, and it was all about the sustainability, the, the impact fashion has on sustainability. And even, you know, the abundance of water waste, it, it has such a tremendous impact. The brief mm. required the entire team to have everything that was brought to the to the set to be guaranteed sustainable in writing. So I, I knew a lot of hair care brands. I'd worked with a lot of hair care brands. I'd consulted with a lot of global hair care brands that were sustainable. So I thought, oh, got this covered. I'm good. Mm-mm. Big shock. I went, I approached the brands, shared with them what we were doing. They were happy to partner and supply me with goods until I asked for a letter of guarantee of sustainability. Mm -hmm. That's when the picture, the story changed. They could tell me it was sustainable, but they could not put it in writing. Mm. And I approached many Which brands. Like, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the world of greenwashing. So that's when yeah. I really, I'd heard about the term greenwashing. I didn't really understand it. So it's a real switch and bait. They say one thing, but they're actually practicing something else. And yeah. that's, that was a real eye-opener for me because for years as a professional, I had drunk their Kool-Aid. I believed what they were saying. Little did I know it was not to be true, you know. So, again, mm -hmm. I felt so moved and passionate and disturbed and upset. That's when I went to one of the chemists that I knew really well and I shared with her what had happened. I said, I really passionately want to do the right thing. I want to create a clean line that's ocean safe. And she's, mm -hmm. the, the big, big aha for me was she suggested that I look for a lab and partner with a lab that ran the entire facility on wind energy. And her point mm. being, if they commit, to run on wind energy, then you know that their ingredients, all their partners are going to be the right fit for you. So that, that yeah. was the beginning of my journey, you know? And that's a good tip for anyone uh, looking for partners or, or sustainable businesses. Um, you know, because it's not just about, you know, oh, hi, I've created this product that's recyclable. I'm green and eco-friendly. It's about every level of a business, including the power that is running the facility. So for anyone, you know, that's a really good tip for how to weed out um, and how to find truly sustainable companies. It even comes down to their power. You know, if they care about that, they probably care about everything else as well. So I think that's a really good tip for people in any industry, really. And as a small startup, I, I realized because I'm self-funded, I, I don't, my you know, I'm not using my husband's money. It's all my money that I earned, um, you know, doing hair. And I, I'm not, yeah, I really want to run a clean, sustainable business, yet I understand I have to pick my battles. You know what I mean? Mm. There's certain things that you have to make a choice purely because yeah. you have to make uh, an affordable product. Mm -hmm. And if we really go extreme, it can really become, you know, you can only pay so much for a shampoo. And I'm aware of that. Yeah. So that's a hard battle. You know what I mean? That's a hard line. But again, you have to pick your yeah. battles and mm -hmm. really learn who you're partnering with. Where do they farm? How do they take care of the soil? You know, all those things that are really, really important. 
do we ship? Yeah, we ship because again, I have customers who are in London and in Australia, but I choose to offset those costs. So where yeah. I am contributing, then I offset it in a different way. We give a percentage yeah. of um, our profits to restoration of the Great Barrier Reef because again, it's toxicities mm. of ingredients that are making a big impact. So that's where realistically I pick my battles and help, you know, give back and support. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, um, when it comes to sustainable products, they also have to be good products. Oh, yes. So people buy mm -hmm. them and buy them again and again and can be confident that there are clean, sustainable choices that they can make. So with that in mind, what's your approach to developing hair care products? Mm -hmm. How do you develop your products? That's a good one. So for me, I wanted to go uh, deep with my product and not wide. So what does that mm. mean? <clears throat> so for example, my shampoo, I've, I chose to call it wash and it is a multitasking product. You can wash your hair, you can wash your body and you can wash babies. So it mm. is, you know, my key ingredients are aloe vera, algae and shea butter. They, they replace what the hair and skin, the hair and skin is both made up of keratin protein and they help mm -hmm. replace what nature makes up. So all of my ingredients are formulated to feed the inside of your hair so they sit in the hair and not on the hair and when mm -hmm. I looked at each product I looked at the end result first so I worked from the back end to the front end and because I do editorial with my styling products I needed a I call it a snapchat result I needed immediate gratification so everything worked with what do I need it to achieve? This is what I need. How do I do that? Smoothing, for example, my smoothing balm. It helps control frizz and it helps calm the hair. And frizz is created by the lack of moisture. So smoothing mm -hmm. balm has a pretty heavy content of shea butter. Shea butter can hold 10 times its weight in moisture. So that's not mm -hmm. only going to calm the hair pretty quickly, even if it's coily and, and really curly hair, it's going to stay that way purely because it has the ability to hold that moisture, which gives you a long lasting mm -hmm. result. Yeah. So everything is very intentional. It's uh, for a purpose. It's stuff that you know works. It's not chasing the next trend or, you know, creating the next, the next trend, the next thing, uh, just so people buy, buy, buy stuff they don't necessarily need. It's stuff that's intentional, uh, that's focused, that's there to get results. Everything you need, nothing totally. you don't. And it's going to work. It's going to get, it's not only going to give you an immediate result. You can use it in multiple ways. And the other thing, because I've worked behind the chair with clients, and my clients and friends helped me formulate the brand, we tested it. You know, like one of the big things is we need to hydrate and nourish our hair. We're really busy. If, you've, if you're a mom, you've got kids. If you've got a career, you don't have time for all those things. That's why we created the treat, which is a leave-in pre-wash treatment. So that's going to nourish your hair with protein and moisture while you sleep. So, again, mm -hmm. everything not only has a multitasking purpose, it has – it says – I don't want to, it's as idiot proof as possible. It's as simple and uncomplicated because that's how I grew up, you know, in the Australian culture. Everything is very mm -hmm. simple. What you see is what you get. That's why it's called wash, tone, 
tone is our conditioner. It's going to tone and close your cuticle. You know, everything is very simple and uncomplicated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm curious, you use uh, natural ingredients and ingredients that are ocean safe. So what does that mean to you? And, and what does that mean for a consumer who's maybe um, never heard of ocean safe? Or what, what does that mean? You know, so it's, re it's really interesting, because it um, my beauty category actually lives in a category category called blue beauty which blue mm. beauty is a step up from green beauty. So it's sustainability. It's strong on sustainability, recyclable, recycled. Um, and now for ocean safe, all the ingredients are non-toxic to the ocean. So mm. everything that we use in the shower, like when we had a shower this morning, everything that we use on our body is going to end up in the ocean. So for me, my intention is everything that we use in our manufacturing is going to be harmless to the ocean. Uh, the Great Barrier Reef, one of my favorite places in my backyard when I grew up, I did a lot of scuba diving. And now the Great Barrier Reef, as many reefs, are dying off. And a big impact is from the ingredients in sunscreens because everyone loads up to get in the sun, to go in the ocean. They keep reapplying. And the toxicities are killing off the reef. So for me, a big part of my mission is to use ingredients that are non-toxic to Mother Earth mm -hmm. as a whole, but especially mm -hmm. the ocean. Yeah, because that's something that I think... Um is really important to remember, you know, sunscreen is a big one because you're getting in the ocean without mm -hmm. on your body, but it's also everything you put on your body, your hand soap, everything. your dishwashing soap, your laundry detergent, all of that ends up in a waterway somewhere. And our water uh, processing facilities are not designed to filter out those types of chemicals. Mm -hmm. They're just mm -hmm. not. Um, so if you use natural products, stuff made um, with natural, you know, organic ingredients um, from the earth back to the earth, it's all going to end up back in the earth on the waterways. And if it's a natural material, it will be, you know, more cohesive with those environments as opposed to plastics and, um, you know, petrochemicals and all kinds of stuff that you find in um, not just beauty products, but all kinds of things that we use around our totally. home. And, and it's pretty scary how much, um, like for me, I've really embraced botanicals. Uh, I think, you mm. know, you and I, one of our previous conversations, we talked about biomimicry, where you embrace mm -hmm. nature. And again, for me growing up in Australia, I really wanted to look like, let's look at hair, for example. Mm -hmm. Hair is the main ingredient is keratin protein. That's what gives it the strength. Mm -hmm. And your skin and hair are both made up of keratin protein. One is soft, one is hard. So if we mm -hmm. look at if we look at aloe vera and we look at algae, both those ingredients help strengthen the protein, which are the building blocks within the hair. So if I'm creating a hair care brand, why don't I embrace what nature gifts us? which are those ingredients. Mm. So that's going to help botanically feed and repair and restore the inside of your hair as well as your skin as mm. you do that daily and, action of shampooing. 
Yeah. And how do you think that compares to other um, popular hair care brands and products that don't use natural ingredients? What's the comparison there? Well, I'm not, you know, I, and I am a big fan of, of T18 and Olaplex because I'm a professional behind the chair. And there is definitely um, situations, you know, I've seen where hair has been over bleached and it turns to jelly. And those ingredients are going to give you, that's like calling in the, the fire brigade. You know what I mean? They yeah. are going to give you intense. That's that's an emergency operation that you need. What mm-hmm. my products do is they are going to definitely repair that hair. They're mm-hmm. going to do it in a more natural way and complement the environment. And it's something that mm-hmm. you can embrace in your daily routine. Yeah, it's for every day. Like for skincare, you're not going and getting laser appointments every exactly. day. Yep. You know. You may bring that in to heal something, to fix something, um, but, you know, your daily can and should be natural. Exactly. And not only that, with those more advanced treatments, just like skincare, you can overdo it. You know what I mean? You can overdo it. Whereas when you embrace botanical ingredients, the hair attracts what it needs. What it doesn't need just washes away down the the sink and no harm to anybody. You know what I mean? So again, it's going to give you that daily top up to help maintain the integrity of the hair from the inside. And what I find Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that my uh, return customers say, their hair feels like it did before they had children or when they were a teenager. It has that much bounce and elasticity, which to me, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what we all Mm -hmm. want, right? Exactly. Exactly. And anything to eliminate, um, you know, the, the microplastics, they, you can't even see them. You know what I mean? They're even, I'm a big tea drinker and even in the, I use loose, loose leaf tea purely because there's so many microplastics in those little tea bags, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I know. Same. And when I found that out, I was shocked, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, it's in everything and, and we have to do, um, the best that we can because it is in, in everything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your approach to, you know, not only creating sustainable products, but, um, creating a business that is as sustainable as possible. That, well, it was interesting because I launched into my beauty, my hair care beauty brand, um, in 2019 when COVID hit just at the, you know, yeah, yep. the wave of that. Um, so it was a difficult time, yet what I chose to do was to make lemonade out of lemons. And I just mm-hmm. embraced that time um, to really get it right, to really do the right research. And it was a mm. challenging time because so many businesses were remote and so many um, farms and manufacturers were on hiatus they couldn't get things themselves so it forced me to really really get it right and I'm grateful Mm. because prior to that I was on a circuit where I was flying all the time you know to the point where I live here on the east coast of the U.S. I spend a lot of time in Australia so much time that my son who's going to university chose to go to university in Australia. So that just shares with you a little insight how much time we spend there. And it COVID and really doing the research on my brand caused me to stop. 
and to be quiet and to really listen to the universe, which I thought mm. was really interesting in itself. You know what I mean? To have to turn yeah. the entire volume down and to really dissect and to really play with each ingredient individually and mm -hmm. to really get it right, to really have the time, the luxury, to really have that time to get it right, I think is a blessing. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, not to uh, discredit the, the devastation of, of COVID that many people and families experienced, but as a collective, I think the slowing down was the mm -hmm. gift of totally. that, yes. you know, um, I lived in, I was living in Sydney uh, <laughs> during COVID uh, down at Coogee beach. And uh, for the first time since I had lived there, you know, we saw dolphins <gasps> in Coogee. Mm -hmm. Like they, they, just, they were all, yeah. yeah, they were always there. They just, you know, came back and forcing everyone to kind of slow down and take that pause. Um, I think was beneficial in many ways, again, not to discredit the devastation that also came with that uh, global, uh, you know, pandemic. devastation. It was so, <laughs> yeah, it was so traumatic on so many levels, you know, not only those, those families that lost family members, it was, you know, yeah. my son, Brian at the time had just gone to Queensland to university and we couldn't get him out of the country. He was stuck. Yeah. You know, there were no planes flying. Yeah. It was pretty devastating. It was a devastating. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. But there's always a gift mm -hmm. on the other side Correct. as yeah. well. And, you know, for, for sustainable brands in general, I think that development does take uh -huh. time, you know, because it's not the standard and you have to do your own homework. It's not the kind of thing where, and both as a brand and as a business owner, but also as an individual, it's not necessarily a one size fits all. Um, oh, I'm just going to do this one thing and now we're sustainable. It does require research. Um, it does require um, a bit of conscious energy mm -hmm. and, and attention. Really. And discipline, um, discipline to really stop, which I'm not sure mm -hmm. I would have had that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So going into that a little bit, um, not just um, with your brand, but also with yourself and for individuals, um, what are um, some things that we can all do uh, to be more sustainable for normal people who are maybe busy, who maybe don't, you know, have, have the, the time to, a lot of people I feel like don't do, uh, don't focus on sustainability because it's so big. It's so all encompassing. You know, when you hear something like, oh my gosh, all of my soaps are bad. What do I do? It's killing the ocean. It's such a big problem that I think it just kind of like stops people in their track. But I think you have a really good approach to making it a bit more simple and um, achievable for people. So what are kind of some of the things that you do in your own life to be more sustainable, to save water, things like that? Well, it's interesting because, you know, I have been married for a long time, well over 25 years. And my husband and I, were the yin and the yang. So, um, mm. and he, you know, I'm, I'm not here to change him. He's his own person. But there's little things that we've embraced as a household. Um, and growing up in Queensland, Australia, at one stage, the government issued every household with an egg timer. So I'm very capable of washing my hair, shaving my legs, having a shower in and out within two minutes. Because that's what I grew up with. You know, that's... The that is elite level water saving. I cannot do that. Yes. 
<laughs> but again, when, you know, the government sends you, we were all at my sister's uh, when my dad passed and they got a letter from the government saying, why have you exceeded your water limit? So, you know, at that time, the Australian government was pretty heavy handed with, you know, everyone had to step up because they're not making any more water. We had a major water shortage throughout Australia. Uh, the other thing that really presses my buttons is um, if you're brushing your teeth, turn the tap off. Yeah. You know, if you're loading the dishwasher or running the dishwasher, make sure it's full. If you're doing a mm -hmm. laundry load, make sure that you have a full load. My mom used to drive me crazy that, you know, sometimes she would just put in a few items because they have a much smaller... She had a washing machine that regulated the load per weight, whereas in America, you know, we have a bigger – at the time, we had a much bigger washing machine, and it would take in a lot more water, and it was hard for her to understand the different types of machines, you know. So, again, what works here is in the U.S. is very different than how the Australian government addresses issues, you know. So just be mindful of those tiny things. In your recycling, mm -hmm. make sure that everything is clean, you know, because if you contaminate the recycling, it's not only your recycling, you contaminate, it's the neighbourhoods. So just be mindful of that, you know. The other big for yeah. me, you know, when we get shipping boxes in, because obviously I'm having ingredients brought in, so what I do is before I put all my cardboard boxes out, I make sure we take off all the sticky tape or anything that's been, you know, stuck to the outside of the box and again a little mm -hmm. thing not to contaminate the recycling you know yeah yeah and that's something we're never really taught how to do mm -hmm. yeah you know how, how to recycle properly um and, and it does require um a, a bit of research as well i live in california uh, now and am very blessed to live somewhere with really solid mm -hmm. great uh, recycling and composting like we have you know citywide composting and it's awesome but where I grew up in Tennessee you can't even recycle glass well because there's no infrastructure mm -hmm. for it you know it's not that nobody wants to it's that there's no glass manufacturers to take it um and so you know glass can be a sustainable material but it depends, yeah. you know, where are you using mm -hmm. it? Um, and you can't use glass for everything. You can't use glass in the shower. Well, that's why for me, know? my containers, you know, that was a hard one for me because uh, for my styling products, they do come in glass. They come in a square glass. And the reason mm. I, I created everything in square was, you know, doing hair for 47 years. Uh, or at the time, I'd been doing hair for 45 years. My hands have arthritis. So the square mm. bottle is much easier for me to hold. And not only that, mm. when they, create it when they make it there's no waste whereas a round yeah. bottle you know when you make cookies there's so much waste yeah, the, exactly like, so yeah, oh yeah. My God. and then when we ship there's no wasted space in shipping so it's more compact so lots of little things like that I've really embraced to make the bigger picture more fulfilled yeah definitely no I, I had never thought about that until um I heard you talking about it um because if, if they're cutting, yeah, it's, it's like cutting cookies. Yeah. Like you can cut a bunch of perfect squares yep. or um, circles and, and get a lot of waste. And there's no reason why it can't be square. It's just most people make round bottles. We don't really know exactly. why. Exactly. Because, yeah, you know, but let's think of, yeah, let's just think a little bit outside of the box. But again, for me, at the, I was, I started each product from the end 
and I worked backwards, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And in terms of, yeah, you start at the end, uh, at the end result that you're looking for and work backwards so that your products are achieving the result that you want. Um, and you're also incorporating sustainability at every, uh, step of the process as well. Correct. That's the intention. Are we perfect? We're trying to be the best we possibly can. Um, yeah. And I'm always open, you know, I'm always talking to my customers, asking for their feedback, you know, continually learning and growing you know and I actually was talking to a group on during the week where um this woman was talking about a washing machine setup that would oxygenate your wash so you don't need to have washing powder which I thought was pretty isn't that interesting that's wild yeah Yeah. so I want to learn more about that yeah no that's really cool yeah there's new stuff coming out all the time and you know I think that sustainability can be a very overwhelming thing for people uh, to wrap their head around. Climate change is a very overwhelming thing. And I've struggled with eco-anxiety myself uh, in terms of just feeling overwhelmed and bogged down by everything. But I think the reality is we are actually living in an incredible time Mm -hmm. because there are incredible things happening. There's so much innovation happening. There's so many more people who care about this now. Um, And there's more choices available now than there ever have been before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can be a part of shifting that narrative forward of making your household a bit more sustainable of learning about these things. And I think that in and of itself is a very optimistic conversation and it's something to be excited about and happy about, and it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's true. And even if you do tiny little, like even if you start off by turning the tap off when you brush your teeth, you know, it's free. Yes. It's easy. exactly, <laughs> you know, set a timer, take a 10 minute shower instead of a 20 minute shower, mm-hmm. you know, just start off doing tiny things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great way to make a difference. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, I love that. It's, you know, I think it doesn't always have to be so complicated. It, it can be simple things like that, that kind of build mm-hmm. and grow um, into a sustainable new routine. And, you know, I love to tell people that, um, you know, sustainable beauty, sustainable hair, sustainable skincare is not what is going to save the planet, but it can be how you start to change your routines exactly. and you can do it in a way that feels really good and luxurious, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's why I tell people that sustainable beauty is a great place to start because it feels good. Mm-hmm. And there are amazing products out there like yours that give results that are a great user experience that are sustainable. You know, the options are there. And the other thing too, is what I find is when you really embrace sustainability with products, whether it be house cleaning ingredients, whether it botanicals for your hair care or skincare, nine times out of 10, those choices that you make are a lot more concentrated. So Mm. you need less of that product. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not heavily diluted with synthetics or water. So a little bit, yeah, it might be a little bit more expensive to make that investment in a botanical, whether it be a household or beauty. But again, those ingredients typically are a lot more concentrate and a little bit goes a long way. So it's all, for me, it's all about the choices that you make, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, so many good takeaways, so many good learnings. I feel like I just learned a lot about hair in general. Oh, cool. Awesome. <laughs> and I love that. 
So um, what is next for you and for Jill Turnbull Beauty and how can people follow along and support your brand? We are actually at the moment because we just launched Rosemary Water. I found a lot of a lot of my um, my um, clients were again back to COVID. You know, they were suffering a little bit of hair loss. So Rosemary Water has such an abundance of care ingredients so we have infused that in three of our key beauty essentials, which is the shampoo, the conditioner, and the leave-in. And we're actually wa- working on Bath & Body, you know, some products to use for your skin, which would be pretty exciting, you know. So I'm excited about that, you know. And my website, pretty simple. Because I felt so disappointed in the hairdressing industry and being such a veteran and committed to the industry, I – put my name on my hair care product because I was so passionate about it. So the brand is called Jill Turnbull Beauty and you, there are, you know, some boutiques that carry it, um, but you can go to our website and, you know, learn more. Awesome. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes as well for everybody. Awesome. Well, Kat, I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so I'll link everything in the show notes, um, including their Instagram and, uh, their website, um, go and check them out and feel free to reach out to myself or Jill. If you have any questions on sustainability on sustainable beauty, and we will be happy to answer. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, be sure to reach out on Instagram. The link is in the show notes. And here's a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast so you can be the first to know when new episodes drop. All you have to do is open your favorite listening app, search for Glow Eco with Cat, hit the little plus sign or follow button, and I'll see you back here next time.